revelation of that Old Testament is found in the New Testament. So turn with me to Hebrews 2, if you would, for just a moment. I want to read to you here, uh, beginning in verse 11. I'm only going to read to verse 17 because I'm not going to be able to get into verse 18 uh, tonight. And, and verse 18 is a is really a... Uh, 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 is is a subject of its own, but uh, but eleven through seventeen is, is is a good context. Verse eleven says, "For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, because he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And as I as I told you." And me, or you, you know, that's, we, we become, uh, uh, as one of the Godhead. You know, all of the children of God the Son, and all of those that the Holy Spirit drew in, they are as one with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, then he says here, saying, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, and he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death... He might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil, the, and, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things, this is where we are now, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made a, a like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Now, that high priest there, uh, let's just pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come out tonight. Thankful to see this good number here, Lord. I'm always thankful to see that. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to bless us tonight. Go with me as I attempt to preach your word. And, Lord, help me that, uh, that that I can see the things I need to see. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless us in everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. All right. Um, you know, what, what we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks is we've been talking about things that pertain to God. Things that pertain to God. Now, I'm going to tell you, God is complex, as all of us know. I mean, you can... There have been many books written about God. And 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 as a matter of fact, if ever if everything was written about God that God is... The Bible plainly says there wouldn't be enough room to hold all the books that can be written about God. But Paul here is explaining the things that pertain to God. 
You know, these Old Testament, these old, these New Testament Jews, you know, they were still into Jehovah God. And, 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 and a lot of them didn't understand, you know, the difference in Jehovah God and God. Jehovah God was in the Old Testament and, and, and God is in the New Testament. They're not different, but they're, they're used differently in the scriptures. And so he's explaining to them all things that pertain to God. And, and of course, we, we, we began last week to talk about reconciliation. Uh, we talked about reconciliation in the sense that, uh, that, um, what it means and what it is, all the things that pertain to God. And, um, Christ, and as we said, Last week, and we began to talk about this two weeks ago, Christ is at the right hand of, of God the Father to carry all petitions. You've already heard this. Plead every cause and act as an advocate for every cause. Now, John wrote, and I brought this out last week. As this, as a matter of fact, this, we ended up on this last week. John wrote, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is, uh, and he is the propitiation of our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, I hope you understood the explanation of this last week. We talked about this last week, and and that is that when the Bible mentions there is a a a, 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 a Greek word there and when it, when it talks about world, uh, it, it talks about uh, it talks about the world as it was the world as it is, and the way the world will be in the future. And and when he talks about the world in the New Testament, he's talking about with the only people that he works with. Jesus, even Jesus himself said, and I hope we begin to understand this, Jesus himself said, let me say I hope I begin to understand it. Jesus himself said, I pray not for the world. But I only pray for those that God called out of the world. They, they became God's world. They became Jesus' world. They became the Holy Spirit's world. This is, this is the world that God deals with. For God so loved the world. Same usage of, same usage of the term. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son for whom? For them. For whosoever will believe upon him, they're the only ones going to believe upon him are the elect. They're not, they're, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean as the Armenian teaches that all you got to do is just say, I believe in God and that's it. You're fine as far as that's concerned. But, uh, that's not, uh, that's not the way the world is used even in John 3.16. The world is used there in the sense of, of the past world, which is the world that was elected before the foundation of the world. 
And then, and then he talks about the world that exists in that day, and he talks about the world in the future, which that's us. You know, we, we, we are the world in the future that God works with. God doesn't work with the lost. He doesn't work with the non-elect. He doesn't work with any of those. He doesn't work with the wicked world. If he did, as, as some people, as somebody told me one time, they said, well, if, if Jesus died for the whole world, then he died for Satan too. Now think about that just a moment. This is what was told to me. This is what somebody confronted me with one time. Said if, if, if Jesus, if, if God, if Jesus died for the whole world, then he died for Satan too. And what that means is that Satan won't go to hell. Same way with Judas Iscariot. If he died for the whole world, then he died for Judas Iscariot too. When the Bible plainly says that Judas is a son of perdition, which means he is a son, son of hell. He is a son of, 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 of chastisement and, 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 uh, death. So, uh, he's a son of perdition. Jesus himself said that Judas was born for one reason and one reason only, and that was to portray the Lord. The only reason he was born. So, you know, when you get it, you get tied up into this where the Bible talks about and the world also, then you've got to, either you've got to believe that Jesus died for the whole world or you've got to have some kind of explanation to know what he's referring to. And what he's talk, what he's talking about there. So that's what he, we talked about that last week, and I hope we understand it. Um, <clears throat> well, um, one thing I think we ended up somewhere right in here last week. The King James interpreters added also for the sins of thee. That that's added in there. You look at any of the text. Look at your text in the King James. That's all in italics. Everything that's in italics was added by the King James translators. Everything in italics you see was added by the King James translators. So it was the King James translators that added in there, and for the sins of thee, they they were the ones that added that into there, and. Uh, but but if they hadn't added that in there, you know it would have been, uh, it would have been uh, the whole world. It would have been if it had been it would have been the world as we know it today and see it today. Jesus did not die. Jesus is not an advocate for the world. The lost do not have an advocacy through the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't go to God. And and matter of fact, the Bible says. God won't even listen to a sinner's prayer. And a sinner he's referring to is, is those sinners that, that are not saved. God will not listen, you know, but the Armenians will say, well, all you gotta do is pray the sinner's prayer. A sinner doesn't have a prayer. The sinner doesn't have a prayer. You can't, you can't, you can't make a dead person pray. You know, I, I, I challenge you the next time you walk up to a casket. You try your best to get that body in there to pray. That body won't pray because it's dead. But it's the same way we were. We were dead in Christ, but praise be unto God that he died for us and he, 
He chose us before the foundation of the world. And we come, we come down to the fact that, yes, you know, if we pray, then God listens to it. God listens to the prayer uh, of his, of his elected children. And he hears it. Jesus said, all that come to me, I will in no wise cast out any of them. I won't do it. But you know, thing about it is the lost won't go to him. I'm talking about the real lost won't go to him. Now, people will go to him if some preacher tells them that's all they have to do. That's just like Billy Ray there. I've been talking with him just tonight, you know, and, and Billy Ray, I prayed all week that, that I, I won't teach you anything wrong. I don't want to teach you anything wrong. I want you to get off on, on the right foot as, as when you become a member of this coming Sunday of Landmark Baptist Church. I want to get you off on the right foot. I want to teach you the right things, and, and, and I want you to know the right things. And, uh, you know, it, you know, that, that's a great, that's, that's, I guess you could say, uh, uh, that's a great, uh, uh, terrible feeling when you're in a position where you teach people. You know, I, I watch, I, I listen to you folks and when you're talking to other people or, or when you may be posting something on Facebook, you're posting on there what you learned. I mean, you, you posting on there what you learned. And, and, uh, and, 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 and if somebody comes wrong and teach you differently and teach you wrong, then that's wrong. That's just wrong. You have to know you have to be aware of these things. You have to be aware when these things happen. You know, you have to be aware of, uh, of, of what those believe that, that you have fellowship with. You know, you need to be aware of what they believe and what they stand for. And so that's, that's important that you see that. I'm not saying they have to believe just exactly the way I do. I'm not saying that. I've never said that, that anybody has to believe exactly the way I do. I've told of many of a young preacher, you don't have to believe exactly the way I do, but you have to believe in what I teach, and, 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 and you have to believe in what the Bible teaches. And if I teach the Word of God, then you have to believe what the Word of God teaches. You don't have to believe exactly everything that I believe, but if you just study the Word of God, you're going to soon come around, and you're going to believe the same things I believe. Because all of, all, everything I have has been taken out of the Word of God, out of the study of the Word of God. So, that's the reason, that's the reason I'm saying that this is, uh, this is something that, uh, we, we talked about. We, we, we ended last week again with the advocate. That's something that uh, a lot of people, uh, that, that advocate is a capital A. That, that represents, that's, that advocate is Christ. Uh, uh, just like I told you Sunday, uh, there that, uh, that Jesus was, that God was named the fear of Isaac. You know, the fear of Isaac. Well, God could be named the fear of Paul Jackson or the fear of Sam Henry or the fear of any of you. God could be named, in other words, someone says, well, I believe in the fear of Sam Henry. What, what does Sam Henry fear? He fears God. And, and, and people says, I believe in the same fear 
uh, that that Sam Henry believes in, and that's what he meant when he said the fear of Isaac in referring to that. Now, an advocate, we got off on this word last week of reconciliation. Now, uh, I even heard it said one time here that uh, God reconciles himself to us. Now, that's wrong. That is wrong. God does not reconcile. God doesn't have to reconcile himself to us. We have to reconcile ourselves to him. And the only one that can do that for us is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is that so? Because the word reconciliation means a satisfying of the law. In other words, we have to reconcile ourselves to God. You know, if you can keep the law... Every jot and every tittle of the law, if you can keep it, then you will reconcile yourself to God, but you can't do it. You've already broke it. You, you can't go back and say, well, I want to keep the law now. That's what the legalists do. Go back and I want to start keeping the law now. You can't do that. You can't go back and say, I'm going to start keeping the law now because Jesus satisfied the law in our stead. That's what he did. That's what reconciliation means. That's the reason that Jesus uh, reconciled us to God by keeping the law, every jot and every tittle of the law that Christ did. Christ made us in the condition, spiritually, to be reconciled to God the Father. We were born sinful and could never reconcile ourselves to God. Why? Because we're sinners. We're born sinners. And as far as this flesh is concerned, we're, we'll be sinners until we die. The only the only difference in in in, in the sinners is some of them are saved by grace, and some sinners aren't. That's the only difference. You're you you you're no better than any sinner out there in the flesh. Let me say that again. You're no better than any sinner out there in the flesh, because you'll do the same things they do. You'll, you'll, matter of fact, you'll even follow them sometimes in what they do. Because you're trying to satisfy the flesh. You're not, you're not satisfying the law of God that says the soul that sinneth it shall die. The only way you can satisfy the law of God is, is to be reconciled to Him. And that's what Christ did. He reconciled us to the Father. In order to be reconciled to God, we must First, be able to keep the whole law and the justice of God, which was perfection. Perfection. Now, I know this is a, this is a, a little over of what we've already talked about, but this is important. This is very important. You know, I, I've, um, I've come to learn over the years that repetition People learn a lot better through repetition than they do just saying something one time. You know, repetition. God requires us to be perfect. He requires me to be perfect. He requires you to be perfect. But but you can't be perfect in the law because you can't keep the laws of God. You've already broken a bunch of them. And you can't go back and reconcile yourself to God by saying, I'm going to start keeping the law. You can't do that. But that's what the legalists do. Let me tell you, folks, uh, Brother Mark Williams did a good job. 
here last week, last year, this last yeah, last year in our Bible conference, he preached on legalism. And he did a good job. You know, you can't you you the legalists say that if you if you learn that you've done something wrong, then all you got to do is just start doing it right, and everything's going to be all right. No, once you break the law of God, once you once you try to keep one jot of the law, then you got to keep all the law. You can never, ever break any jot or any tittle of the law of God again. But we do. We do it all the time. We, we do it many times. All the time. So keeping every jot and tittle. The law was centered around blood. That's what it was centered around. In the Old Testament, see, these, these Jews, these Jews understood blood. They, they understood what blood meant. They understood what blood meant in the days of, of, of the Egyptian bondage. They knew what blood meant. And, and so it's, it's all centered around blood. The, the, the life of the, uh, of the body is, is in the blood. The life of everything is in the blood. The life of eternal life is in the blood. It's in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not sinful blood of which each of us were born. We were born with sinful blood. And we'll carry that sinful blood to our grave. And, 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 and if you, if you're not, if you're not saved by the, by, by the perfect blood of Christ, then uh, you're going to go to hell. Just simple as that. God demands perfection. I've read it to you several times over the years. God said in the Old Testament, be ye perfect as I am perfect. Uh, he, uh, Peter says it. And in the book of Peter, he said, be ye perfect as I'm perfect. Well, reason they said that, reason Peter said it, and, 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 and the reason Paul talked about perfection here, some of those Jews really believed they were perfect. Those, those Pharisees and Sadducees, and, and, and Jesus called them hypocrites. They believed they were perfect. They believed they did not sin. They were legalists. They believed they did not sin. And, and, and they, they believed that, uh, uh, it depended on what, uh, is means. As, as Clinton said, Clinton said, I believe. He said, it depends on what is means. Well, that's just stupid. You know, for man to be a rogue scholar, for him to come out with something like that, that's just stupid. It doesn't depend on what is means. It depends on what the Bible says. And the Bible says, be ye perfect as he is perfect. And the only way you're going to be perfect is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has to satisfy the whole law. He came to the earth. He lived a perfect life. He never broke one jot and one tittle of the law. He lived a perfect life. And he died. He died living a perfect life. He never one time sinned. He never one time thought about sin. He never one time sin ever come into his mind. Because he was God. And the Bible says, God who cannot sin. Jesus could not sin. We got brethren that teach. Some brethren I love and care about. We've got brethren that teach that if, if Christ had wanted to sin, he could have. That's not true. 
That is not true. Not true at all. Turn with me to Leviticus 16. That's the only place we'll have to go tonight. In Leviticus, in verse 16, or chapter 16, I'm sorry. Leviticus chapter 16, and we're going to begin reading in the 21st verse. I want to bring this out, and then I'm going to talk about something else, and I'm going to let you go. The 21st verse. Now listen to this. This is some of what Paul is referring to here. He says, And Aaron shall lay both his hands, shall lay both of his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the by the hand of the of a fit man into the wilderness and the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness and Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments which he put out put on when he went out into the into the holy place and shall leave them there and he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place and put on his garments and come forth and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make an atonement for himself and for the people and the fat of the sin offering shall be burned upon the altar and he that let go the goat for the for the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water and afterward come into the camp now that's how that's how sin sin it sounds like he's talking about rabies here but he's not when 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 adam now they they had two goats if you remember if you study they've had two goats one of them was killed and and his blood was 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 shed on the altar but the other goat adam or or aaron by laying his hand upon the head of that other live goat the other goat had already been killed and his blood had been had been uh, scattered up on the altar which which represents Christ dying for our for for the sins of men and then uh the other goat all the iniquities all the transgressions all the sins was laid up on the head of that goat and what what happened that goat was polluted that's the reason that goat had to be taken out in the desert out in the wilderness and let go to die because that goat was polluted and when and when Aaron came back from the wilderness from handling that goat he had to wash everything he had to take off his clothes he had to wash everything because Aaron was polluted because the goat was polluted the goat was polluted with our sins well what did Jesus do Jesus took all of our sins upon himself. And because of the, of, his, of the pollution of our sins, 
the pollution of our sins, they had only one choice, one choice, and that was to, to execute him. And they did that on Calvary's tree. Right on Calvary's tree is where they crucified him. Had no other choice because once he took all of our sins up on him, he was polluted in the sense that, but when he died, he died clean. He died clean. And, and, and when he died, not only did he die clean, but he made all of us clean. We're all clean too. Praise God. We're clean. We're clean. We're clean. We're just as clean as Adam was when he washed and cleaned himself up. We were just, we're just as clean as that. When that goat was taken out in the wilderness and died there, he died with all the sins of all of Israel. Some six to ten million people. That goat died in that desert with all their sins upon him. He was so weighted down with sins. He was so polluted with the sins of the people that Adam, because Adam touched him, then that, that goat, that goat, they couldn't just turn that. They couldn't put that goat in a pen. That goat had to go out wait away away from the camp and die because he was so polluted he could not. And he didn't have rabies, but he had sin upon him. He was polluted with the sins of all the people. Two goats that were chosen on the Day of Atonement had to be, and here, here's something about this, they had to be alike in color. They had to be alike in stature. They had to be alike in price. Now, what's that talking about? Jesus, in order to die for our sins, he had to be like us in every way. Not, not with the sin, but he had to be like us in every way. He had to be like us as a man. He had to have lived among men. He had, he had to have, have, uh, have existed as, as a man. Up on the earth. Well, these goats had, had to be, they, the two goats, they couldn't be no difference in them. In other words, if one goat had a flaw in it, they couldn't use it. They couldn't use it. If, if, if two, if both goats had a flaws in them, they couldn't use those. They had to have goats that were pure in color, pure in, uh, uh, in, uh, in stature, and pure in price. One could not have been sold for any more than the other one. Well, the thing about it is, that's eternal security right there. That's eternal security. That is saying that Jesus died for our sins, and, and there's no price. There's no price out there that can take us away from what Jesus was to us. No price out there, no money. No, no kind of money can do that. They were all alike. <clears throat> Let me, I've got one thing. Now, I'm going to begin to talk about the high priest tonight. Um, the, he talks about this again over in, I believe it's maybe the fourth, third or fourth chapter of um, Hebrews. He talks about the high priest. Like unto Melchizedek. Jesus was a high priest like unto Melchizedek. Let me tell you folks, that's deep. The high, the high priest 
had to be greater than the brethren in every aspect of how he lived upon the earth and had to be chosen by God the Father. Aaron was the high priest when he laid his hands upon the goat's head, which was sent out into the wilderness and with, with all the sins of the people upon his head. He was, Adam was a picture of Christ, our high priest, who went to Golgotha's hill and carried out sins, carried out, carried our sins upon himself. That's a picture. That's a picture there. You know, we can't, you know, Jesus was polluted when he went, when he went to die for us. But praise be unto God, he paid the price that God asked for. He paid, he paid, he paid the ransom that God asked for. The ransom God asked for was perfection. Perfection. It was perfection. That's the price God asked for and Christ fulfilled it when he died there with our sins upon him. As polluted as he was with our sins. You know, and, and that's where we get this thing at, you know, he died. We're the ones that sent him to the, to be crucified. It was our sins that he went there for. They didn't, uh, 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 I can't remember his name, slapped him. And, and he told, uh, he told Christ, he said, Man, he says, I have power over you. Christ said, you have no power over me. You have no power over me. No one has any power over me. You know, praise be unto God that he died for us. And we, as him, are perfect today. All right, let's all stand.